Call Saul Insider Podcast. We're here for season four of Better Call Saul. I'm Kelly Dixon. Um, I am not one of the editors of Better Call Saul this year, but I have left you in really great hands with Chris McCaleb, who is one of the editors, and also Skip McDonald, who is the other editor of Better Call Saul, who are both here today. That's crazy. I'm going to let Chris take it away. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here hanging out and talking and asking questions and stuff. But uh, I'm going to let Chris uh, Chris lead the podcast because I'm actually on remote here in New York City working on a movie. And Chris is with the gang in uh, uh, Burbank. That's right. Well, it's, it's great to hear your voice, Kelly. We miss you. It's great. We do. I, I miss you guys really bad. I really do. I miss, I miss Los Angeles really, really badly. <laughs> but it's really us you miss. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody. You, you wouldn't miss it today. What was it? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like 110 degrees outside. Yeah. As we're recording this, we're in the middle of uh, like a record heat wave in Los Angeles. It was 114 at the office on Friday, Kelly. Yeah. I'm. I'm really kind of. I have my neighbors checking on my pool um, to make sure my pool keeps water in it. That's what I'm really kind of nervous about. That. And I have like a thermostat like i have a nest on my phone so i can keep track of the heat in my house but um but yeah no we have it here but we have 100 percent humidity here so it's even worse wow that's terrible well you made us all feel a lot better i think we're all happier about our situation um but yeah as as kelly said i i am uh, chris mccaleb and um with us today, as Kelly also said, we have editor Skip McDonald. Hi, everybody. And uh, Skip cut this episode. And uh, one, of the, one of the stars of this episode, you might say the star of the episode, who plays the, the titular character, uh, Jimmy McGill. That's not titular at all. What am I talking about? Bob um, Odenkirk is here. He plays Jimmy <laughs> McGill, among others. Or he also that's plays right. Gene, Gene Takovic. Okay, that's yeah, yeah. my first question yeah. is where does that come from? Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> Peter? No, keep going with your, keep going with your intros, well, that was, Chris. That was Bob introducing himself. Bob, it's great to see keep you today. Thanks simple. for coming. Yeah, thank, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. And uh, I, I have not seen the episode, and I guess we're not going to see it, which is fine, because I can't wait to actually watch it like a real audience member, which is how I like to watch the whole season on TV as it comes out. I always hate when we have to do those commentaries early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see anything until I watch it just like everybody else. Yeah. I'm excited I've seen, I've to see what it. happens next. I've seen it, and you're going to love it. You, oh, you have seen it? it? Yeah. And, and oh, that, great. That, Good uh, to hear. that was, of course, was uh, a voice Bermantrout. you recognize, Mike Bermantrout. <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike has been my assistant uh, here on the yep. show for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a giant stuffed bear. Mm-hmm. And you know him from the podcast. From he's he's always got all the information that Vince or Peter need. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, it's his first time joining us live on the mic, and it's uh, it's great that you're doing this, Mike. Yeah, it's good. Mike, on, Mike on the mic. Mike on yeah, the mic. It's good to be. Here. <laughs> the only info you need is. Uh, that you're great in episode one, and you're going to love it. Great. I'll, <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch. According to a bear. That's the bear. That's point. right. That's the bear's point of yeah. view. And that's, I mean, you know, what do I know? And according to AMC, that's a, that's a big portion of our demographic. That's <laughs> true. The murderous bears. They're really going after the bear uh, demographic this year. Um, and also rounding out the table, of course, co-creators of the show, Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan. Hello. Yay. Hey. I... For one, was not told that there would be a live uh, enormous bear in the room for the uh, podcast uh, it, today. I'm a little nervous. Well, that's we, the, don't worry. I we hung the food in the tree limbs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, if, 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 if at any time, maybe we could have a safe word if you feel nervous. You could just, just yell. Let's talk about the movie Grizzly Man. <laughs> My favorite moment is the bee. Do you know the bee moment? Which was a bee oh, moment? Oh, look at the bee. The bee died. Oh, a bee died. I wonder how you died. Oh, he's alive. There's <laughs> a freaking bee on a leaf, and he's crying about how it died, and then it flies away. <laughs> that is a great movie. Oh. Uh, and there's and the, just before we get into the episode, there's one more voice that uh, is going to be new to the podcast, and that's Joey Reinish. Hi, I had nothing to do with episode one. Hi, Joey. And uh, jo- <laughs> Joey, Joey is working with me uh, as my assistant editor, and uh, so we're really we're really keeping the. The chain going along, Kelly. I I was Kelly's Yay. assistant, and and now uh, here we are. So Yay. so let's get into it. This is episode four hundred one. The title is Smoke. Smoke. Where'd smoke come from, Peter? Uh, I think it came from Chuck's house, most likely. And mm. uh, of course, uh, that's that's you know the scene outside of Chuck's house where uh, uh, Kim tells Jimmy what the report is on how Chuck, uh, how Chuck died. It's the aftermath. It's the smoke. aftermath. Smoke, yeah. yeah. And it's the whole season, really. It is. It is. It is. There's some fire this season, too, though. But well, yeah, this... I know, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. the resonance from Chuck's death is, for me, and my character's arcing, and Kim, for Jimmy and Kim and their journey, it's really how how does that impact their relationship and their whole lives absolutely and you know yeah. it's this was i think the biggest problem we had in the writer's room was how the hell does jimmy react to to this this news and and that was that was a that was a huge challenge and you were you were in the room at that point we were we were talking about that vince yeah what do you remember of that um i just well you know it, have we you know to start with did we there we did c- consider for about 10 minutes or Chuck not actually being uh, expired, right? Is that, should we start there? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but that's the main question I've been getting on Twitter. Like, Chuck, we didn't really see Chuck die. And I'm like, "Um, I'm not there, but that's not really how these guys do things usually. He's dead. I would pretty much guess he's dead. I think yeah. we we pride ourselves in playing relatively straight with the audience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no schmuck bait, as the, uh, as George Masters uh, yes. would used to say. Yeah. Schmuck bait with a big red slash through it. Which yeah. and schmuck bait being just as a reminder, uh, making it look like there's a twist to keep you watching, and then taking it back as soon as you as soon as you come back. Which would this would be the ultimate? This would be the ultimate schmuck bait. Oh no, right. Chuck's not really Chuck's not really gone, right. and he is gone. It was, and I think that was boy. That was probably in season three. That was probably the hardest decision I've ever been a part of in the writers' room. And and you remember, I I, I remember talking to you yeah. and saying, I can't believe we're gonna do. This. How are we gonna do the show without Michael McKeon? Yeah, no kidding. How is how are we gonna do this without 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 this character? And uh, we just couldn't see our way around it. We 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 the question of the show was always how does good-hearted Jimmy McGill, well, relatively good-hearted Jimmy McGill, become Saul Goodman? And it felt at a certain point, it just felt like that it had to happen. It had to happen. And that was, boy, that was tough. It was also, it was a tough phone call with Michael, as I remember. Uh, yeah. He took it like a, like a, like a trooper. Uh, he, he, uh, I don't, I don't can't, I can't recall whether he saw it coming or not. I remember what he said when we called him. He said, boys, if this is the, if this is the death phone call, let me pull over. 
<laughs> he did. <laughs> oh wait, I remember now. And he, he said That's exactly right. that. Yes. But then and then you said, huh, well, well, yeah. And then <laughs> as I do, then, as I often do. And then and then he said, oh shit. <laughs> so, I don't know if he said oh shit, but I, maybe I, I, I'm adding that. Uh, but uh, he, I think he might have been joking, and then he realized that it actually was the death phone call. Yeah. Hey, hey, you guys. Um, I don't remember if we talked about this last last year, but when did you guys make that decision? Mm. Yeah, when was oh, that? That's a good question. Because we we couldn't have talked about it. I mean, we might have talked about it, but we, we couldn't have talked about it last year. So, was, like, at what point? It was during season three. It was it was uh, we saw it coming. I think really it was. I think we're a, talking about the beginning of the season, yeah. aren't we? But I think wow. we, we knew for sure when there was that that magnificent episode mid-season where Jimmy confronts Chuck um, in the in the hearing and that that that, that uh, chicanery episode we, we just we started talking about well what's Chuck going to do next and there was just something wearing about the idea of Chuck doing something to get back at Jimmy at that point you know he's now Chuck's down one he's gonna he's gonna do something uh, against Jimmy, and it just felt like, why not? Isn't it more interesting and more real if Chuck learned something? And that sort of led directly to where where we ended up, for better or for worse. I recall that we we worried about it becoming spy versus spy, mm-hmm. where uh, where the uh, the escalation of uh, of uh, tit for tat, you know, just keeps going and going, and it becomes very uh, wearisome after a certain point. Spy yeah. versus spy, of course, the the Mad Magazine. Uh, the Mad Magazine feature, <laughs> yeah. where the two spies are always one-upping each other. I have to ask Bob, I'm not to cross-talk, but I have to ask Bob, it's, you leave the show for a certain amount of time, yeah, yeah and then you come back to the character. Yeah. Uh, what is that like to come well, back? It was always really hard for me, and it always, the first three years, this last year was not hard. I was ready to go. I felt like I just got right into it. I don't know why. Maybe I've played him long enough, or I just got a little lucky because I can't guarantee it'll happen again. Um, Melissa Bernstein comforted me in year three, I think, or two, where she said, you know, Brian Cranston also had the same thing because I was I was two three weeks in, and I was like, oh man, I'm really not sure what I'm doing. I hope I'm doing it right. I hope I'm sort of living in the area that this character lived in at the end of last season and I can't really I wasn't sure but I felt like this year I did not have questions of who he is and what's going on and how much he how much guilt he feels or hope or love or whatever I just went right at it so this one was pretty easy in regards to that stuff goes you know but uh Maybe because he's um, getting, well, he's he, he is maturing in a lot of ways. Mm. I, I, yeah, I am amazed at that. That's the biggest thing to me. I've shared this with you before. Um, in season four, is the what I consider mature choices and moments between uh, Jimmy and Kim that I'm not used to seeing. There's something about characters that have a certain. Um, responsiveness that's kind of knee-jerk or you just kind of know there are two or three places they go and then in this season there's a two or three scenes where the two characters listen to each other 
forgive each other a little bit, allow each other to say something contradictory or painful, and don't react in their normal way, but in the way of a really good couple who have to open themselves up to the other person a little bit once in a while to keep things alive. And um, so I don't know. I think the character there, look, I don't, you know, I've shared this too much. And again, they always use it as a headline in interviews. I hate Saul Goodman, says Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> look, look, I mean, I think he's fun to watch, Saul. I like Jimmy. I like a person with a more complex drives and uh, still a bit of idealism in him and uh, and who weighs his options more than Saul does. So Saul's like, I think he does the numbers really quickly and coldly about what choice to make and what to do. If it serves him, yes. If it doesn't, no. And he, and he does that math fast. One of the reasons I think that Chuck had to be gone or some of these people have to be out of his life, I always pictured Saul as having a real one-dimensional life that he's embraced that he's gone this is it i'm going to cut myself off from people and then his life is simple his life is simple make money and uh, distract yourself and that's it just do that and uh so there's a complexity to scenes in in season four that was surprising and i thought very rewarding to play and human and 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 more than the character. The character was more than everything he'd been before. Pretty amazing writing. Oh, well, that's what I had trust, great to hear. Trusting us to do it and trusting an audience. But I think people are going to love those scenes. And, th and those, the weird thing about those scenes is it's this thing of like, when you've got something good, it becomes more painful to lose. Yeah. And he, they've got something good. Not just they like each other, not just they get off on each other's energy, but if those moments can happen between a couple, well, they can go the distance. If they can say to each other a sad or difficult apology or uh, admit something that maybe they should feel bad about and have the other person look at them and go, so how do you feel about that? And not go, you're an asshole. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, holy cow, that's what you need. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's just it's it's I, I love everything you're saying. It's it's uh, it, there's such a connection between uh, Kim and Jimmy this season. I'm so proud of the the relationship that these two characters have, and the way you and Ray you and Ray pulled it off. It's, I think we both love those scenes in particular. Yeah, you know, those scenes where we got to look each other in the eye, say something deeper. Uh, you know, maybe admit something painful to the other person and have the other person not react in a knee-jerk way, the way we've, you know, what we could assume they might say to protect themselves, but rather not protect themselves emotionally and hear, hear their partner and try to find a new uh, compromise together. It's great. That's great stuff. So then when that relationship is lost and i don't know how it will be but i can't imagine saul has that has kim in his life i don't i, I mean I it could happen i was going to say that you guys could say, figure it out are you guys out. giving stuff away <laughs> oh i don't know i mean i don't know what happens so i'm just like a fan <laughs> talking here she, she gets eaten by a bear <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah mike a, a bear who's 
A bear who's excellent at avid. Yeah. Yes. He's not that good at avid. That's part of the problem. He's, He's mostly been working with Alicia this year, our, our wonderful post supervisor. Yeah. Uh, Bob, I had a question. As as it sort of goes yeah. from what you were saying about the one dimensionality of Saul, how do you feel then when you're playing Gene? How much of that has passed through? Like how much of Jimmy do you see as having? I think there's a lot of filter. Jimmy and Gene. Saul was, I mean, look, I don't know. I, I got to be careful how I talk in front of the two guys who manipulate <laughs> the sure. world and the character and envision the character and imagine him. I don't, I, I, have, I, I really do when I talk about it, I might as well be a fan talking about what he's watching. Um, but, he, you know, obviously Saul got set back on his heels pretty hard, uh, maybe down on his knees, you know, and that's Gene. And uh, he's scared all 24-7. And he's also maybe got some capacity for, um, you know, thinking, you know, um, contemplation of the years that he played. He was Saul. He played Saul. He, right. He portrayed this character to the world and, uh, and who he was before and all the things that led up to it. And maybe his metabolism slowed a little <laughs> because he got older. And that helps him to contemplate his crimes and sins and losses. Uh, and he, you know, Jimmy was a guy who had a, a capacity to, to feel a lot and to, and to be. Uh, and, and I think that's returned in Gene. I think that part of him that he cut off has... Uh, maybe built up in the years he was Saul and, and come gushing out and and it's where his mind can go when he's Gene now. He can he can he has lots of time to quietly think about every little thing that he did, every choice he made and have some perspective on that choice that isn't just angry or resentful or, you know, I, whatever got him to choose to be Saul. And I think those kinds of things are in that choice, which is anger, resentment, selfishness, um, revenge, you know, the things that made him go, fuck it. Right. I'm going to be a blade that cuts through people and takes the money out of their pockets as it goes. And that's it. Fuck it. Fuck everyone. And uh, and I think he has time to think about that choice and what it felt like, and uh, yeah. Well, and this is the this episode's the most time we've as an audience spent with Gene. This is the longest yeah. amount of time we've done. We've the question is: Does Gene see an opening? Does he, does he see a future, and why? Why? That to me, the question is, in the court, he's hiding, he's hiding, he's hiding, he's mulling his life and his situation with that time and that silence. He's like a monk <laughs> on a retreat that he did not choose to go on. <laughs> <laughs> and and does he see a window to to be uh, a more full presence in the world? And why would he see that? Not speaking as a fan, if Walter White <laughs> dies in this horrible meth lab explosion and that's on the news in some capacity, 
I don't know. Does that make him think I'm I can come out from out from hiding? What is it? I think he's in trouble no matter what. Yeah, he I is, mean, right? you know, it's it's uh if if you're Al Capone's banker mm-hmm. and you've aided a bet at Al Capone and Al Capone dies, you're still on the hook. You're maybe yeah. even more on the hook yeah. because they didn't get Al Capone. Yeah, it's right? true. Yeah. It's true, but, but it's, wait. Uh, wait, you can cut this out, but I'm sorry. Walter White didn't die in a meth lab explosion, did he? Well, he he died in a meth lab. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I was about was to explosive. say, wait a minute. When yes, did that happen? Sorry. We're changing it, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. I've only watched the show twice. <laughs> Kelly, yeah. Kelly, we, you've been gone a while here. We're, we're, yeah. we're, no. we're doing like the George Lucas thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they rush in with walkie-talkies and they blow up the meth lab. That's right. It's exciting. It's very exciting. But, you know, Bob brings up an interesting question, speaking of which. I mean, do we even know? Uh, in our Omaha sequences, uh, our gene sequences, do we know? The gene does gene know? I mean, has it happened yet? We don't. It's we haven't oh, defined that. Shit. We haven't. We yeah. haven't said how long gene has been. In well, no, I, I can't don't wait. Think, I think we can talk about this. I think yeah, it's kind of a, it's a it's a yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, We've, we uh, like you said, we don't know yet. It's a it's a good question. Has it happened yet? Has it not? We as you say, uh, Peter, we have not defined it. I think it's 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 an open it's an open question. We'll. we'll and a good question. It's one that will have to be answered at some point. Yeah. Like a lot of these things. Yeah. Well, maybe I spoke too much, but I I, uh, I love thinking about what could happen with Gene. And uh, while it's true that he may be on the hook, I also think there's ways to uh, e- even deal with that. And, you know? Ab- absolutely. I mean, well, the, the, the government does forgive your tax debt if you got a big enough tax debt and you come forward and say, all right, look. Um, there's no way I can give you that. But Amnesty. <laughs> and there's no question, Gene's a master negotiator. Gene, yes. Jimmy, Saul. And I, I love talking about this because so, you know, the show is a prequel except, except the Gene part. Yeah. We have no idea. It's completely open-ended. What happens to Gene? And, and, and uh, we have some ideas, but I, I, don't, I don't think we should talk about them yet. <laughs> well, you know what? Let me let me ask you this because I'm coming at this. I was talking to Chris and Joey a little bit earlier, and I was saying I'm coming at this from a totally different perspective than I've ever come at this before, meaning I've only seen the first two episodes, and I haven't read anything, and I haven't been in the office. I haven't seen anything. I don't know anything, which is a very different thing because I can't really ask, like, leading questions or anything like that. But here's one question. First of all, i got to say, Really, really excellent black and white se- um, uh, pre- uh, section this this time. I was, so, I was, it was like awesome. I was like so enthralled. Great cutting skip. It was so suspenseful, and I was so excited. But I think this is the first time, probably, that you guys have like actually had one where it wasn't like sort of tied up. Like it wasn't resolved. In in the, am I right? Is that correct? I, th- I think you're. I think you're right, Kelly. And I I love the fact you're bringing up Skip because. To me, that that scene in the back of the taxi is a master class in editing. Well, also, it's, it's also a, with it's, the it's, with it's, the it's woman hitch- who does the, the the social security number too. That, that was a great too. scene. That, yeah. the, uh, Erica Kruitz, great actor, friend of mine, went to college together. Is that true? Yeah. Great. I, I am so happy with those scenes, uh, uh, with what Skip did with them, but also Bob, your your Gene is so subtle. You know, he—he—it's just little. He—the he, the moment when he's um, 
reciting his social security number and he hope it he hopes it works. It's it's yeah. so subtle. It's so funny to me, and it's it's painful. I'm in complete suspense with him, and and oh. it's just the it's the, the work is amazing. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's great to. Uh, I mean, he's really shut down. This guy. He's giving the least amount of energy out into the world that he can. Yeah. He just does not want to be seen. You yeah. know, like don't look in my direction. So. That's fun to play. It's almost like paralyzed by his circumstances that he has created, and yeah. which is the opposite of Jimmy, who's the you know his gift of speech yeah. has enabled him to talk his way out of anything and yeah. to to be sort of mute at that point. Has got to be that's that I, I love watching that in your eyes, even the way you play yeah. it and the way it's written. Just that that the desperation to not be seen and to not be heard. That's is it? Point. I hate is to it? put Skip. I hate put Skip on the on the on the. Uh, Skip's talked enough already. I, I hate to put Skip <laughs> Skip on the on the spot here, but okay. I want to talk for a minute just to, to try to understand your the way you think about this. You're presented, and by the way, we have not mentioned Mickey Spiro, who directed this directed the hell out of this episode. Yes. Oh yes, and she is she. This is her second episode for us, and she came up to do uh, season opener. And I think it's the first time we've had a season opener that wasn't directed by somebody from the writers' room, and so she had yes. a, it was it was a lot of pressure for her. She just she brought home a, a, a just spectacular work. Um, Mickey's Mickey's awesome though. She's but, super awesome. She's she a really good director. But you have from Minky uh, delivered to you, Skip, uh, a shot of Bob in the back seat, a yes. shot of of uh, a shot from the rearview mirror of a guy's eyes. Guys. And then there's a shot, I think, just kind of through the through the back window to Bob. Yes. What's your procedure? What do you do to start the scene? How do you figure out? How do you figure out what wait, the wait, first shot's going to be? You forgot one though, and it's like one of the most telling shots is the Albuquerque isotopes thing yes. that's hanging that, from, the yes. from, the, from the mirror. That is that's the that is the sort of catalyst of the scene right there. So true. Yeah. And that tying that into the eyes that are staring at Jimmy all, or yeah. Jimmy all the time is just. No, but you get the footage and you, you look at it, every piece to see what you have. You read, I reread the script to make sure I'm going to be heading in the right direction, and you just, because Bob's so good, I get the feeling. You know, you you do get him that he's trying to stay hidden and doesn't want to be seen. So, try to go with the best pieces of what works for that, and tying in his nervousness when he realizes the isotopes is dangling there and then he sees the driver looking at him and then he starts to get a little more nervous you know pulling your jacket over the cinnabon logo was great because it's just you're you're again trying to hide yourself so it's finding all those little moments and pieces and just trying to make it work it's, it's all scripted <laughs> you know i mean honestly well, well, people yeah, come up to me all the time and say so how much of that do you improvise first of all i was never that I, I like to improvise, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> but, but I've only been doing it for 50 years. <laughs> I suck but, at but it. But you're very subtle you know? at what you're doing. You're not just like grabbing your jacket and pulling it up. You're very subtle, and it's those things that really work great well, for me. Well, it's the wonderful thing about this show, and I think I, I, to be able to be that small and have the audience tuned in that close to notice, you know they care. And it's because of the writing and all the work you've yes. done in the years past, and they trust that everything matters, and so they're watching everything. Yeah, so it makes it 
so that you don't have to shout as a, as an actor right. all, all your uh, all that's going on. Yeah, and I, and I do say we have the smartest audience because they notice everything. So the little subtleties that, that you bring to it and that we use, they see everything. We, we rely on it. It scares, I'll be honest, it scares the hell out of me sometimes. <laughs> this, season, this season, I think we're asking so much from the audience. Uh, and this episode in particular, it's, it's a, uh, Jimmy is in such a quiet internal place. Um, and he doesn't even say that much, which is so unusual for this guy. He's he's so quiet. Uh, it's so internal. It just scares the hell out of me. <laughs> and I know I, I have. I, I'm, it's it's really we have faith in the people who are watching it. But boy, yes. if if they're if they go and make a sandwich uh, during one of these scenes, we are we are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get up in the middle of a scene and make a sandwich. They're going to be focused on. The I show. hope not. I do. Yeah, I, I'm not good. Too. I'm not good about watching TV. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of Jimmy's kind of mindset, skipping ahead, because I know we're not going to be able to get into everything because we'll run out of time, uh, as we always do, because uh, there's just so much stuff to unpack. Um, but I'd like to talk about that uh, Chuck service scene because you brought back and we also didn't mention that the script was written by Peter and it's excellent. But we, just, we normally say who wrote and directed the episodes at the beginning of the we're, look, we're, we're easing back into this podcast. Wait, one, are you skipping all the way to the end? Wait a we're minute. Rusty. I'm skipping we're rusty around. Here. I'm skipping around. We'll go back to well, some wait. of the other stuff. Okay, it's a non-linear I, show. I have, it's a non-linear podcast. I have one question, though, about that visual effect. If you can just talk about the visual effect right now. That's what I want to know. How did you burn that house down? I want to hear about that and about the snow. Because uh, you guys don't really shoot in Omaha. Yes, yes. But, I wanted to know about the snow, too. But the, and that let's was start more with snow that than we've seen. That was a hell of a lot of snow. Yeah. But but let's start with the house. How'd you, how the hell did you burn that house down? Yeah, it was it was a shame. A family was very nice about burning the house down. <laughs> uh, they, they were they were very they were, expensive. They were great about it. it was very exp- that is a uh, that is a a, uh, a visual effect done by uh, our our VFX team led by uh, in this case Bill Pulowski, and of course supervised by Diane Mercer and Alicia, and, and it's a it's a hell of an effect. It's um it's a, there's actually more effect shots probably in the scene than. Uh, than you necessarily realize, but they even uh, charred the tree outside, right? They even charred the trees, we did, right? Yes, they did char the tree, uh, and, and it was amazing to watch. Yeah, and to see the choices that were made, Minky or you guys together. It, it was it's, a, it's an interesting scene because the simpler we went with the, the fewer shots we used, once Jimmy came up to the house, uh, the stronger it felt. Yes. And there, Minky shot quite a few pieces uh, that we didn't end up using because just emotionally it felt like we wanted to get to Jimmy and Kim on that bench sooner. Oh, and interesting. So, and, and, and so and when on that bench scene, which I'm so proud of and it's so great, we had coverage. We had, we had over-the-shoulder over shots and, and different things to cut to. But what we found was that you and Ray, Bob, did such a, a beautiful, subtle job with the scene that cutting it felt unnecessary. It felt like right. unnecessary emphasis. It, yes. felt, it felt inartful. Yes. And so it, we, we, there, was actually, there was actually some, uh, some material that wasn't actually used. Uh, but having said that, the scene with you on the bench 
is the longest effect shot we've ever done because there is out of focus behind you the ruins of Chuck's house still smoldering. And uh, I, so I think it's a fewest number of shots, but the most yes, the the longest single, the longest single effect shot we've done yeah. in the it's history an amazing, of the show. It's an amazing shot. It's an amazing wonder. I, and I was told that Bob and Ray were actually computer generated as well. Don't you guys find that true? And I gotta say, I, I can't remember what scene I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of um, a scene that you shot, Peter, yeah. in like season one or two in Chuck's living room where it went from many setups to you guys used two or three. Mm-hmm. Do you find that is fairly yeah. common? Because it felt like, like with this Ray, with this Kim and Jimmy scene, like staying in fewer shots. It just depends. You don't know which ones you're going to use. It just but depends on the scene. It's it. Uh, this is something. It's an interesting discussion that yeah. that we have. It's because oh, right now Skip and I, and, and Skip's assistant Chris, new Chris, is are, are cutting uh, cutting episode seven. And it's a discussion we keep having. Is uh, in this particular scene, does it feel better to go back and forth right. between characters, or is it better to hold them in a single shot? And we have the ability on the show uh, because. The actors are so fucking good. We can just hold on a shot, but then sometimes you want to see into everybody's eyes, and it's right. it's a, it's yes. it's one of those things that it would be. Uh, I wish there was a rule that that would tell us because then we would know that we wouldn't shoot that anything extra. To, yeah. We wouldn't shoot anything extra. But it, the only way I know how to cut these things, uh, and God, Vince, you, you, you cut a lot more than I have. Um, the only no- way, way I know how to do it is to experiment. And we, we try things out, and then you've, you've, you say, well, that feels good. Because there's, there's, no, uh, there's no rule to it. You have to, you have to experiment and try different things. And the wonderful thing about our editors is uh, they, they go along with the experimentation, and, yeah. and they come up with amazing yeah. ideas that we would have never come up with. But sometimes it is. It's just sifting things out and, and simplifying it. And I think that's, that's something I've been learning uh, as I go, as a film, I mean, this is the world's greatest film school, and that's one of the things I'm learning as as we go here. Well, I find I learn too as we're experimenting and trying different things. We learn new things all the time too, what will work and what we can get away with. So, the experimenting is really a fun part of the job for, for the me. The hardest part must be throwing away or not using stuff that looks great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. restraining yourself. That that part's tough. I and I I I don't worry about it as much. When I'm editing someone else's, if we're if we're doing a pass through, um, uh, I, I hope I word this correctly because it may make me sound callous. But when I when I'm when we're working on you know uh, when we're doing our producers cuts, I don't worry as much about leaving out footage if I didn't direct it. Uh, but I do feel intensely bad about leaving it out when I did direct it, yeah. not because I'm precious about the footage, but because. I remember distinctly and viscerally how much work the crew had to do and mm-hmm. the actors had to do to get that particular shot that I'm now leaving on the editing room floor, so to speak. But a good rule of thumb is leaving that feeling aside of, God, I wasted everybody's time and, and money uh, and effort. But the good rule of thumb is, if it seems to me, if a shot is working, the actors are doing great, don't cut 
don't cut till it stops working. And I tell you, this that's an amazing. I can't wait for you to see it, Bob. And you and Ray on the bench. It's a wonder. It goes on forever, except that you don't feel like it goes on forever because you two are you can't take your eyes. The interesting thing is you can actually take your eyes off the burned up house behind you at a certain point, and you're just looking at you two. And it goes on and on and on, and you, and it and it's great. And you don't and you're thinking to yourself as a viewer. Suddenly, I realized, my God, they've been on the shot. How long is this shot? It's over a minute, minute or two. Oh, that's it's probably closer to two minutes. I think. Yeah, it, Jesus. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Oh, and it's Jesus. and you guys are just. I hope it's good. <laughs> you guys are the special effect. There's an amazing, most amazing special effect we've seen in the background behind you. But at a certain point, you know, if you if you're if you if you know the business, you say to yourself, well, obviously they didn't burn down a house. Uh, to make this TV show, so obviously that's a visual effect. But then you forget about it and you just say, "God, these guys are so good," and there is no reason to cut. To cut wow, to a different what a, shot. What a compliment, and I can't wait to see it. You know, I do think that Ray and I, and this we I talked about this earlier with you, Peter. Was one of the challenges is now we feel very close to these characters, as opposed to who are they? I don't know. I'm trying to read it out of the script, and and trying to divine who they are based on your inspirations and work. And now it's like, no, I know who he is. <laughs> you love them. I yeah. mean, you really start to love them because they're so fully written. That's the thing, is there's so many dimensions to them. They feel more whole, wholly human than almost any other, than any other character I've ever played. I can't imagine ever, I'll never ever get to play a character who's so fully realized, I'll never. There's, there's no way. It's okay. It's great. I'm happy. I'm getting to do it. But And it kind of is, gets me off the hook. Because I imagine actors who watch this kind of work go, well, I want one of those one day. And they maybe they will, maybe they won't ever get that. But I already have it. And so I can... <laughs> Go! I I know I hit three grand slams in the World Series. I don't need that to happen again, uh, because anyway, because you guys wrote it for me, and uh, so playing a scene like that, even in the first scene season coming back, in in the season, fourth season coming back to a season, we we fall right into these guys, and we love them so much, and when they hurt each other. And when they change in painful ways, and they do, and especially in the case of Jimmy's disturbing things, ethically um, unpleasant things, it's hard. It's hard. You like the person. It's like saying goodbye to them a little bit, yeah. or it's, some part of them. I, I love everything you're saying. It's, uh, I'm glad you're rooting for them. Uh, the thing that delights me is to know that we can take these characters anywhere and the, the the thing that I get most excited about in the writers room is when Jimmy or Kim or one of our other characters Mike but especially Jimmy when he does something that surprises me that's not what I'm expecting it's not what we uh, you know we plotted out who we thought he was but it feels right and there's in this season uh, just to tease the listeners uh, there are he makes some decisions some choices which as a viewer I'm not expecting and also as as a writer feel it feels like it comes out of left field but it's right and and I love how you you track those and how you always make those work well and, honestly some of those bump me but in the end they work as you said they work 
And, and in fact, one of them, which I'd love to talk in specifics about, because it's such a funny, it says so much about an, an asshole actor, me, in this case, and, and trusting the writing. Uh, <laughs> there's a turn in a, in a scene. I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm not sure you do. But uh, there's a turn he makes. And I said to the director, oh, God. <laughs> it's so funny. I said, can my character, can I just, right before that turn, I'll just be turned away and I'm just going to think and think my way through this choice and then turn around and, and run on this other railing, other journey, other, you know, splinter uh, way of going. <sighs> And that's so like Dallas or something or a soap opera, right? Like, I don't know if I love you, but, and then he turns to the window and he looks out the window and he goes, I'm the one who murdered our dog. <laughs> <laughs> Such bullshit. Because the actor wants control. Yeah. I want to control this person. And, and the truth is, it can be a lot of fun to watch a character think, especially Saul to think his way to a different tack, a different choice. It's fun to watch Saul's eyes and see him kind of thinking, even as he's talking, and then he looks at the other person and he has that other route he knows to go to, to try to win them or you know, shut them up or move them along in his journey. So it's fun to play the thinking and own the choices every second, every little thought that you guys write. But in this one moment, it hadn't been written for me to do that. And it started to feel, I could, I wanted to do it, I needed it. And, but I needed it to feel safe. And, and, and I was asked to please just do it as written and just kind of have this, un, this unknown place he goes to. Like, He's going down a journey, a road, mm -hmm. logic road, and just to shatter and go this other route. Yes. And in doing that, uh, Ray helped me the most, uh, a trained actress, Ray Seahorn. Uh, uh, and I forget how she put it, but she could tell you. It's, um, it was just great fun to then play it in this way where I'm not in control. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly where I'm going to go next, but I make a different choice. And it felt also like the journey to Saul, a guy who's shattering a little bit inside and, uh, and isn't following his normal route of thinking and logic. And it just felt exciting and weird and unsettling in a great way, in a way of like, if you're in a room with a person who's cracking up, you know, emotionally in some way, and you're just like, ooh, I better tread lightly. This person is, I don't know where they're going to, and holy shit. It's very alive. It's a moment of real, like, what's coming out of them next? I don't know what it's going to be. And it, it was exciting to play, and I think felt very real and shocking and... And it's, it's, it's the kind of shattering that needs to happen for Jimmy to become Saul. 
I bet I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, but the, the, yeah the, the, I, the I have no clue. The listeners are going to have to. The listeners are going to have to think very carefully about this. Yeah, once they've seen everything, you know, I, I think we need a bear's perspective. On yeah, it, Mike, you've been quiet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to interrupt, but I know exactly which scene you're talking about, and uh, I feel like it all played out exactly uh, how you guys intended. Now, could you put down my sandwiches? And my fried chicken, please. Are these not? And I was told these were for everybody. Don't break those cans open. They're for tomorrow. I the t- soup cans. Are I'm for sorry. I, I was told that these were for everybody. Bob, I really apologize. Sometimes he does things and we can't control him. You need to hang the food on a higher level. This is craft services. Right? <laughs> you know, speaking of putting out a bunch of food uh, at Chuck's service. Uh, I feel like there would have been quite a lot of food That's a great uh, somewhere right off camera. And uh, there's a lot, there are a lot of characters that you brought back. Uh, we were talking about this just the other day. Like, how, how do you go about writing? And uh, I mean, do you know that you're going to be able to get Cliff Main and Rich Schweikert and uh, Rebecca, all the all these people back? You know, we, we are so damn lucky that you know we could get and I I remember breaking this in the writer's room and thinking about it in a funeral scene I have a good friend who's who's a, a, a film director and a writer who says I'm never going to do a funeral scene they're all the same and and so one of the things that we were thinking about is how do we do this so it's it's personal uh, how do we do this so it's in Jimmy's head but we also wanted to show a, a glimpse of Chuck's service and that meant that, I mean, everybody's going to be there. And so we're so lucky, you know, Ann Cusack and Dennis Puzakaris and Ed Bagley, you know, all, all were flew to Albuquerque to be in this one scene for one day. Um, most of them only had one line. Uh, Ann didn't even have a line in the scene. And she so just had to sit there and cry all she day. She sat right? there and cried. What and, a and, blast! And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, I have to, I have to just thank them. And I, I, I was there, and I did thank them all for being there because it wouldn't, the scene would not have been right without them. Uh, and the other, the other thing I have to mention is our producers because uh, producers, you know, our, 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 uh, our, our producer in Albuquerque, Robin Sweet, made that happen. You know, she understood, she's a storyteller, and she understood the necessity of that. She understands, she understood the necessity of, of, of or the desire to do these things, which, you know, if you're, if you're looking on a dollars and cents basis, it seems odd to fly these wonderful actors in and bring them in for one day and then bring them out. Um, but but she, she supported it, and uh, Melissa Bernstein, another, another one of our producers, they, they made it happen. And so it's a... It was a little, I have to say, when I was, I was writing it, and, and the word processor kept asking me, you know, kept adding up how much it was going to cost. I just, I, <laughs> but I, 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 we persevered. And I think that's, 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 it's one of the things, it's like we were saying that the, the audience trusts us, but also um, uh, the production side of the show has been trusting of us and giving us uh, the resources that we need to make the show work. That's the truth. I got a question about that funeral scene, though. Where was Ernie? Ernie, we couldn't afford. Ernie, oh. <laughs> don't forget Ernie. Ernie and Chuck have a, a checkered past. Uh, Ernie was—I don't know if, if if my boss fired me the way Chuck did. I don't know that I would go out of my way to go to his funeral. Yeah. So that that was uh, that was uh, that was uh, that was uh, that. But you don't don't worry. Hey, you know what? 
Maybe you'll get to see Ernie later this season. I know he's he's uh, he's Gus's nephew, right? You're just, you're just you're a wild man. You're just giving away. What is going on? In, go, what just, is going on in New York? Are you, that's not just, the first time I've said that. You're having you're having your. No, Kelly has said that pretty much every time we've talked about Ernie. <laughs> He's such a good kid. That he Brandon is. is such a good he guy. Is. I saw him at the uh, ramp party. That uh, was the last time, most recent time I saw him. What a good guy he, he is. is. That was a great party. That what? Did, did you did the food? <laughs> you know, like the uh, the food was? Uh, yeah, it was. Totally and the open bar. Open bar. I, I was, <laughs> open <I was>. bear. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Did you like the beehive and the, and the nuts and berries? And that stuff? was very nice. Yeah, my own little room. Yeah. VIP section. <laughs> we appreciated you not eating the velvet mm, ropes. It was my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I had to rent those. How, where did the snow, how much snow, where, where does snow, what is that snow made out of in Omaha? There? I just want to, that was a pro. Is that, oh, <laughs> you know, you learn, things you learn from bears. Frozen water. <laughs> This is a very good question. I wasn't there. Well, because you, there was snow in the in the the one shot right in the pilot. There's sort of yeah. one shot to establish yeah. we're in a place that has a completely different climate. But yeah. I don't, we've never seen this much snow. I was impressed. Except maybe on Breaking Bad, although we had you had to go up to the mountains. Yeah, that to was, actually, there was a lot of a lot of uh, artificial problem, problems with that snow on yeah. Breaking Bad. You're giving me flashbacks. Uh oh, that was your uh, episode. It all worked yeah. out. That was. But my you guys. Episode. But you guys did shoot that in Albuquerque, and you made yes. snow. It wasn't. It was yes. okay. So do we? Can we jump to the the shots from uh, last year that you guys used um, from Peter's episode that uh, where where um, uh, they send uh, Uncle Tio? I know, and I love to call him Uncle Tio, off in the ambulance. And so now you're basically are, um, you know, going straight from that to. Uh, Gus being very suspicious of Nacho. We, it's something we do once in a while. We rewind the action to help yeah. help orient the audience about what what where where we are and when right we are and where what's we going are going on. And uh, so we we took uh, a little bit of that scene, which you cut, uh, yeah, and did a great job, and, uh, and 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 I directed, and then it 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 was it was dropped right into a scene that was shot almost a year later, and right. I think that's a. That's a tribute to uh, uh, Marshall Adams, our DP, and, and the amazing crew that you can take scenes that are shot you know, a year apart and put them right next to each other, and it cuts perfectly. Yes. Uh, that's, it's, 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 it's remarkable. Was what? that tricky to cut, Skip, that, that part? The no, old, I with just the dropped that one section right in, and it played great. Good and job, just Kelly. Tied, tied the other stuff right into it. Yes, well. you know. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and, but... And can, but what I was going to say was that, you know, Nacho tries to dump the pills, but then they then you guys have jumped to this Juan Bolsa conference where, um, you know, uh, Bolsa's like, you know, uh, Salamanca territory stays Salamanca territory. And then Gus says, you know, somebody's going to move on it. Who's going to move on it? Gus is going to freaking move on it, right? You think? I guess we'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> I, I, I think you should watch. I think you should watch the next episode. Well, I know. I, I, I think, think you're really going to enjoy this season. And, I mean, I think one thing that's definitely for sure is that Nacho is in big trouble. I mean, we see in those in- extraordinary shots up on the bridge, uh, which I know there was a story about uh, one of those shots. Something was there a fire or something in the valley? And we're not allowed to talk about that. No, we, and there was, and it, it, this, they they waited for the smoke to kind of clear, and that's why that shot looks so 
diffuse and hazy. It was just, it was, it was apparently just pure luck. Uh, this is what I heard from Marshall. Uh, we were up on that bridge with our crazy uh, Vericam, which, uh, which Marshall rates at 5,000 ISO. Mm. And, and, you know, of course, you're, you're shooting in the middle of the night in, the, in a very, in a slightly rural area outside of, uh, outside of Albuquerque. You wouldn't normally see anything. And it just so happened that there was a, there was a little bit of a fire downtown. Hopefully, it, I, I think nobody was hurt, I'm hoping. And it caught the light of the city in the distance. And so you see, you can see the Rio Grande reflected in the shot and you see you see the sky and it is it's a remarkable thing but it was it was pure luck in some ways although our you know luck meets luck meets preparation because Marshall Marshall was ready for it and it, it's it's a really special shot it is and, and, there, there, oh. and I'm sorry and the, the one shot looking up at uh, Michael Mando don't you see Jupiter yeah in the background? <laughs> literally the, you, the planet I Jupiter? believe that I believe that's correct and it's it's um it's we're still trying to understand how these new tools change what we do because yeah. weirdly enough it's harder to control small amounts of light than big amounts of light and it changes the look uh, of the show and I'm, I'm still getting my head around I know Marshall is and you're gonna see uh, this season some uh, to my eye just some remarkable cinematography some visuals that I don't think you're going to forget. That I'm just bannering what what's to come this season because yeah, yes. they, they, they I, I think our crew and um, our crew and our art department led by Judy Reed, they, I think they outdid themselves this season. Absolutely. Yeah. And just say real quick for the non-photo nerds, 5,000 ISO means this camera basically it sees through walls practically. I mean, it, this thing sees in the dark. It does. So it it just uh, yeah, like you said, it yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game. It's amazing that with you know that everything looks different with this thing. It's true. So you've got you've got Victor like following him with the uh, with the thing that Mike had before, like the tracker. Yeah, with, with the whatever. tracker. Yeah. Nacho's but, in big trouble. They got their sights on him, and uh, I think we're all excited to see where that goes. I think he's fine. He got rid of the pills. I don't I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know he, why he he's in big pills. trouble. His dad think, is fine. It's all it's all good, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, well, I, unfortunately, we're gonna have to wrap up. Um, what we didn't really? Yeah, I know it's time. We wait we a minute. Had, okay, we had this okay, wait, wait. Time. We didn't okay, get to wait. talk about the other Mike. Okay, uh, wait. Mike I gotta. Trout, I gotta say. To. Okay, let me let me just do like the quick run. Okay, so it's really really great. This um this whole uh um. Uh, montage that you have going on in the warehouse. The music was really, really excellent. I know Thomas really did a great job. And then also that guy, Head Hedberg or whatever the dude is that fixes the kid's bike. I gotta say, coming <laughs> from Hedberg. Coming Hedberg. isn't that his name? I think it's Barry Hedberg is his yeah, name. Hedberg. Good, good See, I read, a, where did I read that name little, come from? That's an awesome name. I read the little the little tag when Mike had on. But wait, so I'm like sitting here watching that part going, okay, who is this guy? And he's sitting in his car and I'm like, oh, fuck. Are they, is he going to blow up in his driveway? I swear to God. That, I mean, <laughs> the suspense on that one was so much. And then I had to remember, I'm like, these guys, they don't tend to blow people up in their driveways in Albuquerque. So no, but it was, I, I got to say that the suspense on that one, I mean, I feel kind of stupid 
but it was really, really heightened because it's like we have no idea who this guy is. He just fixed the kid's bike. Is something going to happen to the kid? What's going to happen? Is he going to run the kid over? What, what's, what's missing? What is he seeing his briefcase? It's a really, really great scene I just had to mention. I'm so, I'm so glad you like that, Kelly. That was uh, We had such a hard time in the writer's room coming up with how Mike was going to steal a uh, – we knew he was going to have a, uh, a hair-challenged guy's ID – that he was he was going to use to sneak and, and how he was going to steal that was went we went through all kinds of things where he went to lunch and, and, and knocked something over and uh, I'm so happy with the way that came out yeah. and and, uh, and of course this it's an interesting episode because Banks is the comic relief uh, Jonathan Banks usually has has all this heavy dramatic lifting the character has all this guilt. And yet, in this episode, Jimmy's in such a shitty place that Mike is comic relief, and that's uh, it's it's kind of a nice it's kind of a nice switch up. What does he write on the lady's uh, birthday card? Reach for the stars. Reach yep. for the yes. stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a good one. Um, well, yeah. I, I, again, unfortunately, we do we have to call it quits on this one. And we I feel like we barely scratched the surface, but you know we've got few more of these podcasts to go in the season and a we'll lot of really awesome rest. stuff coming up we'll pick up the rest on the next ones or something that's so, right yeah that's so right kelly are you going to be on all these podcasts um if if you guys want me on them and if i can schedule them sure oh, i still have to go to work today i have to go to work at four. Oh man today's a Yikes. sunday yes. today is sunday yes it skip, is skip and i are going to work right after this <laughs> See, episode, there you go. episode oh. seven i never leave <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike has been living here at this office for several years. Sometimes he he, he does stay at my place. Uh, you know, when he those are special nights. <laughs> no comment um, for human resources purposes. But um, but yeah, thank you guys for coming in on a Sunday, and and uh, and Joey, thank you for also coming in on a Sunday, and 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 being on the ones and twos no problem and threes yeah. um also big special thanks to a friend of the podcast chris sullivan uh for no particular reason and uh he's just been a really great friend of the podcast and uh yeah and thank you guys for listening and this is and kelly thank you for uh taking this trip through digital space and time to be with us on the podcast Thanks. Um, we, thanks for having me it's yeah i miss you guys i miss you yeah. terribly really miss you too, and i mean I miss um, you um, <laughs> thank you guys for letting me uh, let me share and let me uh, see the episodes early. That was really really cool. I feel very very still much a part of it, but very detached in a very interesting way. So, um, but thank you for letting me be part of it. Well, thanks for continuing to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, we we love you. We miss you. And uh, and yeah, that's that was uh, four hundred one. And, 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 and oh, wait, thanks I have busy. Thanks to the busiest man in show business, Bob Odenkirk. Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> Bob, yay. I have one more, one more question, though. Doing? What's that? Um, are you guys going to plug? Aren't you guys going to Comic-Con this year? It'll This will come out after that. Oh, okay. I was going to say I could yeah. plug Comic-Con. We had a great time. Oh, Comic-Con oh, yeah. Comic -Con <laughs> Comic -Con was Comic -Con awesome. Was it was awesome. <laughs> Such a blast. Hello, San Diego. Hey. Um, Stay classy, San Diego. Well, uh, as, as we do at the end of every podcast, uh, we have somebody sign us out with their best uh, Bob Odenkirk style Better Call Saul. It should be Bob. I think, I think oh. it should be Bob. Yeah, Say so. Better Call Saul? Yeah. <clears throat> Better Call Saul. Woo! Perfect. Yay! <laughs> Yay!